Welcome to Pushing Through. It is Tuesday, June 23rd, 2020. And the phrase of the day, BJ, is simple. Data and not the date. We're going to get into all the basketball talk, but first off, data, not the date. we got a lot of data coming out, but BJ, before we get to that, I want to ask, how are you? How's it going? It's another beautiful Tuesday. Well, there's a lot of data. There's a lot of information coming from the NBA. We have all types of you know, package and reading and health and safety and all of these things. So um, I have a lot of homework uh, mm. to do getting ready for this potential date. And uh, as of today, Tate seems like things are moving right along here and uh, looks like basketball in the bubble is going to be a reality. And um, so let's get ready, my friend. We kept talking about it being in a vacuum and, and not being something that we could really fathom in our minds. But like you said, uh, Brian Windhorst went on yesterday. He said it's too big to fail. I'm pretty sure that's what they said about the Titanic, but I'm not. <laughs> but I'm not. But I'm not 100 percent sure. So uh, you know, again, I brought up the data, not the date thing. That was on April 17th. Bob Iger uh, with the owners, uh, the the team owners. They had a conversation that it was all about data, not the date. And again, I'm going to bring up the data that's coming out the last 10 days uh, in the Orlando area. Uh, the state data that came out 17 percent of coronavirus tests in the county returned positive results the 10 days prior june 6th to june 15th the rate was five percent obviously we have a growth in that period of time um and we're getting back to we were talking about the social issues last week with basketball and how that may affect it we saw lou williams come out and say some things about that but now we got COVID 19 and what we had been talking about before that bj is now back in in the uh, ether you can say um, as someone who has to prepare for this, I mean, how concerned are you seeing these reports coming out? And uh, what are the next steps, uh, I, I should say, for basketball and for you as an agent with your players and dealing with those guys? Well, it's making sure that these young men and their families have all the information so that they can make the decision that's best for them. And I think it's going to be expected as, as all um, when you're in these type of environments, especially where there will be people and groups of people, there will be some cases of the coronavirus. And to what degree, you know, let's hope for the best, but we have to anticipate and be prepared for the worst. So, you know, we'll see what happens. I, I really, you know, I understand the reasoning of moving forward. I, I think economically it makes, you know, uh, they've made their case. And, uh, but I also understand the hesitation of many to put themselves back in that environment. So I think it will come down to a choice where you feel, or in this case, the players and their families will feel it's best for them as they move forward. But um, it's you can see the cases, especially when these groups get back together, um, there will be a spike. And mm -hmm. I think that's to be anticipated. And I don't think um, we should not expect any you know, cases to, to show up down in Orlando. And, uh, but we'll see what happens. I think the NBA is going to do everything possible that they can do as far as safety, as far as, you know, trying to be as pre in a preventative measure as best they can. But I just think it's, uh, it's undeniable that there will be cases that will, will show up. And like I said, I just hope that no one, you know, that no one gets sick or we, we've seen what this, this, you know, this virus can do. And we want to take all the precautions that we possibly can. 
and we've seen in the world of sports, right? Novak Djokovic, the number one tennis player in the world, just got you know a positive test for COVID nineteen. That comes right. up to the world. So we've seen as as sports have been you know reintegrated into society, we've had the problems, we've had the testing, we've had the results, and now everyone is acting, and we're seeing how that plays out. The TBT basketball tournament, you know, was starting before the sure. NBA. They, they will be able to use that as sort of a guinea pig in some senses. Uh, there's one team in West Virginia that already pulled out because of some positive tests. Uh, the rule in the TBT for people that don't know is that if you have some if one player in your team has a positive te- test the entire team will be eliminated from the tournament that'll obviously add in a whole nother wrinkle but uh bj you mentioned the hesitation and some of the some of the names that have come out trevor reza ha- has said he's not going to go play uh due to, to custody concerns um we've seen jalen brunson from the dallas mavericks come out you know with some health concerns we've seen uh you know bertans who's on the wizards talking about his acl doesn't want to risk health for that there's a myriad of different reasons you know health or family whatever it may be it seems like everyone has their own different variation which you know obviously causes a lot of different issues well tate you know i think everyone will have different issues that will be important to them Mm -hmm. and when you look at all of these players and their families and their situation they will have to address that you know some I think it was Trevor Reza, you said, had visitation. And mm-hmm. there's a small window, right, of period based on his profession that he has to take and for family reasons. And this is, a, again, this is an unavoidable situation for him that he has to deal with that's specific to his situation. You have others that where there's health, it's health concerns, health risks, they have questions and things. So, again, you have to take each individual situation and say you know and deal with that you can't just put them all into one box and say this is going to work for everyone and and again you know everyone is going about this you know pandemic in their own way you know Mm -hmm. and when you look at the situation especially on top of the coronavirus we have something else this you know social unrest that's going on as well and as you know As you guys know, um, there's no uniformity in how you should deal with that situation, which has now made this really complicated. And, uh, you know, you have extremes, right? So on, you know, let's just take for one example, let's take uh, in the 60s with, uh, you know, civil rights. You know, on one extreme, you had a Malcolm X and on the other, you had a Martin Luther King. So there's no uniformity or right way or wrong way to deal with this. Everyone has the ability as they should to be able to express themselves however they see fit on top of the pandemic right so i mean there's a lot of moving parts here there's a lot of things going on and the the big thing that we could do is allow people to express themselves whether it's players feel comfortable playing and they feel that's the best they should be allowed to do that if they feel that they shouldn't play because they have other concerns or other things that they feel to express themselves in that capacity they should be allowed to do that but the big thing is that we should support them, allow them to do that, knowing that now everyone is aware. The awareness of what's going on to me is the most important aspect. And then putting it into action. What are we going to do to move forward so that we can't keep coming back 20, 30 years later saying, you know, you know, we we're doing the same thing or we're talking about the same thing 20, 30 years later. So, um, you know, it's a, it's a lot going on as you guys are aware and uh, we all got to deal with it as best we can. 
and you see, you know, stars of the league, right? We see John Wall and Bradley Beal, and you see them in D.C., and they're, they're marching, they're protesting, and, and they're they're using their voice, and they're using their platform. Like I mentioned, you, Lou Will before, pointing that out to the world. These are all good things. These are all, you know, you know, stances that are being made from these players, and they're using their platform for their own, you know, uh, you know, the, the, to put out a stance to the world and for everyone to come together in some sort of capacity. One thing I did want to ask you about from the team perspective, we've seen some of the teams that are, you know, on the outside looking at the playoff picture. They're saying, well, it might not be best for us to send our, our entire roster down there. We may just treat this like summer league, you know? And and when right. that happens, that domino effect, right? When one team that is in the ninth spot, like let's say the Wizards, for an example, if, if John Juan Bradley Bill say, we're not going to go down there, we're going to keep protesting, yes, that is great. Support those guys. Bertans doesn't go because he's trying to take care of his health, you know, history. Perfect. Don't go down there. But now the Wizards have a team that looks like more like a summer <laughs> league team. And what what's the point of these guys putting themselves at risk if it's not really the Washington Wizards that are competing for a title? Um, so it's for me as a fan, it's like trying to find what that line is. Like, you know, when when will it be? Oh, we're watching so, something totally different from NBA basketball. Um, this is a drop off. Will that matter? I'm not sure. But just from a fan perspective, that could be a concern as well. If teams don't really want to go down there and compete for that last playoff spot because they're trying to play for the next season. Well, you, 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 I, I get what you're saying if the things were under the normal conditions in which we're mm-hmm. watching NBA. I don't know what this is. Um, <laughs> you know, I mean, I mean this That's a great is, way to put it. it. I think we can all agree we have no yeah, idea, no what, idea this what this is. is. Right, so in the end, you know, you're just trying to figure out how to get back to whatever – you know, whatever we can make of this or salvage the season. I don't, I really don't know. I mean, is this a, you know, in many ways it reminds me of a, of a, of a, you know, a high school tournament. And then you look at it, you go, well, is this like a, the NCAA tournament? Um, how is this really going to work? How are the players going to play? You know, you know, what's the game going to look like? You know, we mm-hmm. had coach Thibodeau on just, you know, a week ago and we were talking about what the game could potentially look like. So, I really don't know what to make of it. Um, I'm just going to stick to my my common sense, which is I just hope everyone is safe <laughs> and that we just protect the health of these, all of these people that are going to be involved to pull this off. Because you're talking about thousands and thousands of people that are going to be needed just to pull this off. Yep. And, you know, you have social distancing. You have all of these things that are going on. That I just don't know how it's going to work, but mm-hmm. that's just me. Tate, I've been saying this. Um, I, I'm, at, I'm, I'm admiring the fact that they're at least trying to do it. How this is going to be pulled off, I'm just as intrigued to watch this. You know, I've, I have clients that are abroad that are playing, and it's been interesting to hear them talk about how they're playing. You know, they're, you know, they're, they're just trying to figure this out. So I think the NBA, like you know, and these teams in particular that we're talking about, I don't know, Tay, I don't know if the games will ever resemble what you and I know. This mm-hmm. may be, you know, 2020, we may say this may be the turning point for a new viewership or a new way of viewing professional basketball. Maybe this is the point where we say it changed in this moment because I don't think it's, I don't think it's going to come back to how mm-hmm. it used to be. Mm-hmm. And uh, but we'll see how it happens and we'll see how it, uh, you know, it continues to evolve. 
And I don't want to sit here, uh, you and I, BJ, and, and sound like we are everyone else in the media where we're nitpicking this plan because I want to point out the fact that the, the plan that the NBA put together is probably the, the, the most well-structured version of this that we could ever put together. It's as, as detailed as, as you can possibly get. It, exactly. In, in this climate, there, there's nothing that's more detailed. I mean, the MOB won't even try to put a plan together because they think it's just, it, it's not possible. The, the minutia that goes into it, the, the red tape, it won't work. But the NBA has done all these things. They've tried to work out all of these different external factors that have come in. So I don't want to sound like we're dismissing the plan itself but what we're saying is that the, there is no perfect plan in an imperfect system in an imperfect you know situation and that's why the idea of a bubble was trying to create that perfect situation but even <laughs> that we have we have humans that are involved and human beings are not perfect they're imperfect and right. you know some of the things that we read about you know guys changing in their hotel rooms they put on their jersey they wear a mask they get transported individually to the game then they're going to go sweat all over someone, but then, you know, independently get removed again to go by themselves back to the room to then change. It, it, it does sound good at a vacuum, but like you said, there, there's so many logistical things that we hope that can be figured out. But we don't want to say this to knock the NBA because no, I do. I no. do applaud. I applaud the plan. I applaud the plan, but the plan I mean, can't a plan work in this world. That's the question. Yeah. yeah I mean, look, we, let's make this clear. Um, you know, we are in full support of them trying, and I say them, the NBA trying to move forward in this climate. Mm -hmm. We are in full support. The execution of it, though, is when you're going, okay, let me see it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, okay, so, you know, just the last week, um, I, I got notification that the health club that I belong to is reopening. Mm-hmm. So my wife and I, we discussed it, whether or not we will be going back to what our normal life was, right? Mm -hmm. You know, you know, you want to work out a little bit, you know, get a little sweat and do all those things. Our decision in our household was no way that we're going, <laughs> this is just going to a health club. Mm -hmm. Like I'm not touching anyone. I'm not fouling anyone, bumping into anyone. I'm not doing anything. We made a, a family decision not to go back to our health club at this particular time. Now, I don't know what the bubble was doing that's different <laughs> than, than there. But again, each situation requires your own comfort level. And we weren't comfortable going back. So I'm applauding it. I'm just as interested to see, well, it worked there. Maybe we will find out something that will work. Maybe... There's something here, but again, based on the information that the Armstrong bubble has, <laughs> I say that with quotation, in our bubble, we decided that we weren't going to do that. And that's just going to work out. And mm -hmm. as you guys know, I, I mean, I love to work out. I, I, I and it, it I, I can't work out now. And, um, you know, and it's like one of these things. Now there's going to be a new normal. What yep. that is, I don't know. I don't know how it comes back. I don't know what it's going to look like. But this is these are issues that people will have to answer, especially people who have an active lifestyle mm -hmm. and are people who are conscientious of what they eat now and all of the things they're doing. And so we'll see. I mean, I'm not saying you shouldn't try, but certainly what we're saying and this 100-page memo that I just received from the <laughs> NBA, it, it didn't convince me or my wife <laughs> that 
this was the right time as of today mm-hmm. to come back. Mm-hmm. And uh, but we'll see. Yeah, and I think they keep using the flood and dam example, which we do. you can talk about a million times. I feel like that's something you learn in kindergarten, but it's basically like as the water and the pressure from the public continues to build up, the NBA can hold up the dam for so long and the bubble idea for so long, but as more infections and, and cases cause, you know, and come up, like 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 we said, again, the data will determine the date. So if the data is bad, then we will not have a date, we will not have basketball, and we will move on. And uh, I, I think that's just sort of where we are right now. I want to get back to some of these other issues that you brought up uh, before we get into our, our special interview today. And uh, the reason so is because I, I think she was so great in Chicago. Of course, I'm talking about Cappy Pondexter, who we talked to in Chicago. But uh, you, you mentioned the issues that are going on socially. There's a lot of stuff coming on in the media world, right, BJ? We're, we're seeing a lot of people pointing out to the fact that there are not a lot of black voices that are out, you know, uh, writing on the on these blogs or, or doing the podcasting in the world. And uh, yeah, I, I think it's just something that we want to point to and say that you and I, you know, this is something that it wasn't a realization that came to us in 2020, right? We did not just see this and it came to um, it is out in the world. It is happening. We see that. We understand that. And we want to address that at some level and having a voice like a Cappy Pondexter share her story and not just talk about basketball and talk about her creative interests in the movie world, and the filmmaking world and in music and all these other things. That is what we want to see more of, and uh, we'll, we'll get to that interview later. But first of all, I just want to talk about that, BJ, and, and just trying to expand the palette and uh, expand the, uh, the the racial range of the podcast world in general. Well, I, I think you, you, you hit it right on the head there. We want to definitely expand the palette. You definitely want to expand the audience and expand all of the views and experiences and storytelling that people have. You know, Cappy Pondexter is definitely one of those views. I mean, she's incredibly intelligent. She has, you know, great stories and uh, she has other interests other than, you know, we know her from playing and and her basketball resume and what she's done there, but she has other interests, making Mm -hmm. movies and all of the other things Mm -hmm. that she has going. So uh, she's just another example of, you know, people continuing to evolve and mm-hmm. co- people continue to pursue their excellence. And more importantly, um, being able to express themselves in different venues, in different forms. And uh, she's, she's great. And, um, you know, I'm just, uh, I'm so happy her, for her, so proud of her, what she's been able to accomplish and what she's continuing to accomplish and what she's going to accomplish in the future. So she's just uh, a prime example one that we can all look to for inspiration because uh, she's continuing to uh, find other ways to express herself and express her interests and what she loves and what she loves to do. And as we get back to basketball, if it does happen, if that date does come, I just wanted to point that out because it does feel like in a world where we have these social issues going on, guys will continue to speak up. They will continue to point out these things that are going on and there will be lots of pushback and people will say the 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 moniker that LeBron has pointed out a million times shut up and dribble and and the whole point of this is that we are way beyond that fact and uh, we want to make sure that everyone knows and especially on this program that we want to hear everyone's story we want to hear the the different 
variables and different variations. And uh, like you said, I mean, you can't put people in a box. You can't say you're just a basketball player. You can't say you're just a podcaster. You can't say you're just a producer. If you're talking to Midas, you, you can't say these things. People have range um, and people have, or they should deserve the platform to show that range. And uh, I think that's, that's really the, the, as far as everything that's going on, the media aspect of the social issues, I think that's something that I'm really happy to see because uh, it, it is something that I was almost shocked by coming into the media world. When I started going to newsrooms and uh, I started seeing, wow, every single person is white and kind of looks like me. That's, that's something a little bit different. I didn't understand that at first. And uh, as you keep climbing the ranks, you see there is, there is a, uh, you know, boarding schools and private school. There's all the different levels of layers <laughs> and iterations, all this different stuff that comes into it. But um, we want people to have a platform to share their voice and uh, anyone on pushing through that wants to come on and tell their story and not just be boxed in. Uh, you and I are obviously here and uh, we want to hear those stories. So I, I just want to say yep. that before we get to, to our interview with Cappy Pondexter, because it is such a great interview. Yes, it is. And uh, very well said. You are wise beyond my years, my friend. Wise beyond. <laughs> hey, somehow you're like you're like an old man trapped in this uh, young person's body. You know. Yeah, it, 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 Benjamin Button, something like that. We don't know. <laughs> Meal time. It's coming. So, what's it going to be today? Gas station hot dog, frozen microwave mini meal, soup from an envelope. Or are you ready for something uncommonly delicious, like the famous hook and ladder sub from Firehouse Subs? The hook and ladder is one of our most popular subs for good reason. We start by piling your sub high with freshly sliced smoked turkey breast and Virginia honey ham. Then we top it with melted Monterey Jack. And then, oh man, it's served piping hot in a perfectly toasted roll. This is no ordinary sub. This is the melt-in-your-mouth meaty masterpiece. The Hook and Ladder from Firehouse Subs. Save time and order yours on the Firehouse Subs app or on firehousesubs.com. And we'll have it hot and ready to go at our Rapid Rescue to Go area inside Firehouse Subs. This is no ordinary sub shop. This is Firehouse Subs. Welcome to Firehouse. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Well, let's get to it. We got uh, Cappy Pondexter at the All-Star Game in Chicago, live from the Mitchell and Ness pop-up store. Here you go, Cappy Pondexter. Quick break to get aware from our sponsor, Helix Sleep. There's nobody on the planet like you. Yes, you. So why would you buy a generic mattress built for everyone else? Helix Sleep sells personalized mattresses made right here in America and shipped straight to your door with free, no contact delivery, free returns, and a 100-night sleep trial. To choose a mattress, Helix made a quiz that takes just two minutes to complete and matches your body type and sleep preferences to the perfect mattress for you. With Helix, there's a specific mattress for each and everybody's unique taste. I took the quiz myself and I was matched with the Dusk Lux mattress because I wanted something that felt you know, personal to me. I like to sleep uh, on my side, on my back. I roll around, but I wanted a lot of space and I wanted a cozy, comfortable bed. The Helix Dusk is a quality, quality model. I love Helix, but you don't need to take my word for it. Helix was awarded the number one best overall batches of 2020 by GQ and Wired Magazine. Just go to helixsleep.com slash pushing through. Take the two-minute sleep quiz, and they'll match you to a customized mattress that will give you the best sleep of your life. They have a 10-year warranty, and you get to try out for 100 nights risk-free. They'll even pick it up for you if you don't love it, but you will. Helix is offering up to $200 of all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners at helixsleep.com slash pushing through. That's helixsleep.com slash pushing through for up to $200 off. Now let's get to our interview with the legend, Cappy Pondexter. 
All right, we are here, and we are joined <laughs> by a legend. Uh, and we, we heard some ruffling earlier. Some, some fans were saying that Cappy Pondexter could put 50 points on anyone in this building. <laughs> oh, anyone. Oh, anyone. Lord. And she's sitting right here. Cappy, is that true? 50 points on anyone still? Yeah, back in my day, <laughs> it was true. You know, but I'm enjoying retirement life right now. You know, it feels good to not put 50 on somebody. <laughs> yeah, it's good to just live your life. You know, you're, you're back in Chicago. You're, you're a homegrown Chicago kid. Uh, we, yeah. we, we've talked about, you know, you went from Phoenix to New York. We went to Chicago. We got L.A. I mean, you've been all over the map. But what's it like to be back in Chicago? It feels good. Like, I feel like I'm reminiscing about all the the good times that I've had growing up and just seeing all the legends that play here or from here. I mean, it's been cool to reconnect with everybody. You know, it's not often that we can get in the same city and, and really show love to each other and admire each other. So it's been really good. You know, Kevin, we, we know you on the basketball court and as a fearless competitor and all the things that you achieve. But tell us your story. I want to hear your story, your inspiration, how you start playing and how you got to this point here because you've been such a big inspiration for so many people, right? So many women and men. But share your story with us of... I mean, I was that little girl that grew up on the west side of Chicago, so you probably don't even remember. I used to see you and Scotty get your hair cut next to my elementary school like every week. <laughs> and we would, we would every time they would come out the car, we would be like waving oh, yeah. outside <laughs> like, oh my God, like there's BJ Armstrong and, and Scotty Pippen. So you guys were, you know, you were the guys that we admired and, and who I looked up to growing up. So like um, to see that and then live it, has been a dream come true um but now like now that i'm done you know i've always been artistic and i've always wanted to show the world that you know you could be more than just a basketball player and so it was important to me that when i made the transition from phoenix to new york that i had the opportunity to show the world that and i believe in fashion i believe that you could brand yourself outside of basketball but at that time it was looked at as unfocused so when i would push the envelope you know, I would always get a lot of negative feedback, like, oh, this kid is crazy, she's out of her mind, she's not focused on basketball, but it was never about that. I always saw the big picture. And now you, you see, like, everybody's branding themselves outside right. of the court. And it's funny how that works because, you know, in 2007, you win the championship with, with Phoenix, and obviously you're the finals MVP. Two years later, 2009, you win another championship. Yeah. Again, all eyes are on you and all eyes are on Phoenix. And that summer, a big summer in 2010, we got the Miami Heat. They get their big three with LeBron. But you made a decision to go to New York. I did. And it wasn't about basketball. And people looked at you sideways. They and that's did. what they do to Pioneers. Yeah, yeah, of course they did. But they didn't understand that, you know, New York gives you so much. Um, it's one thing to play for the city and them to embrace you, but to go into a whole nother field and, and, and be embraced as an athlete, you know, it took some time, but you know, they respect me um, off the court and it was just a wonderful place to be for real. Where did this confidence, this inner <laughs> confidence that you have, like, where did this come from? I would say my parents. I mean, it, she, 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 she says it with a smile. She's looking at me like, yeah, I'll bust you too. Right? Yeah, yeah. She's very Chicago. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. She's looking at me like. But BJ, you know Chicago basketball, like for us to even survive, like to even get a game, right. a five on five game, like you had to be tough. Like I was the only girl at one point before Candace Parker, like really trying to make my name on the court. So it was like. I had to fight, you know, I had to be one of the guys, you know what I mean? So like every single day, I'm, I just made a point to just continue to play basketball and just, I wanted to be a legend. I did at an early age. Well, that you succeeded. Yeah, you're, yeah, a, you it, are a legend and- Thank you. 
you are one of my favorite players. Oh man, the same. Uh, men, women, it doesn't matter, right? <laughs> you are one of my favorite players because you, the way you competed out on the court. Thank you. And uh, you are a legend. You're my queen. Oh, this man. is my queen. Oh, yeah, right yeah lock you. it in. And we should say, like, I mean, throughout the whole thing, I mean, basketball is basketball. It doesn't matter about the split difference. I mean, people can watch you play. And for people that didn't, right. go back and watch highlights. I mean, it's skills beyond skills, you know what I mean? And you can see that, like, Michael Jordan was the youngest in his family, so he got beat up and pushed around, and that's yeah. why he got better. And the same with you, being on the courts with I, these guys in Chicago. I mean, the guys, they, I was telling D-Wade that today, and uh, Isaiah, I was like, man, you know, to even get a game <laughs> on the court with the guys, like, I had to get beat up, I had to get pushed on the floor, but it made me who I am. And I wouldn't take that experience away, you know, at all, at all, because like, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be here, you know, if it wasn't for that. So I appreciate. We had Tim Hardaway on yesterday. And he was calling out everybody. <laughs> <laughs> He's still competing. <laughs> and I asked him, i like, I need the young Tim Hardaway. And he went there immediately. <laughs> he went there. And he, so uh, he's a very confident, he is Chicago. And he's one of my favorites. I, I love, I just love how he says Chicago. I'm, where you from, Tim? I'm from the shot. <laughs> you can only say it like him. Man, Tim was one of those guards. Like if you, if you wanted to dribble the ball, like the best at it, you had to look at Tim Hardaway because he created that crossover mm -hmm. that everybody was trying to figure out. I know I was as a little girl. I was trying right. to figure out that crossover. Uh, but Tim, man, he's a legend. Like he's, he's a real life legend for us. Okay, who's some of your favorite players or who's some of the players that you looked at and kind of shaped your game. You took a little bit from here, a little bit from there. Who are some of your favorite players? Uh, Cheryl Swoop, Cynthia Cooper, Don Staley, um, yourself, um, Scottie Pippen, MJ, Kobe, Magic. It was just like, I was looking at every any and everybody that had made it and I wanted to be just like them. You know what I mean? Um, I just took a little bit of that. Everybody, I just studied the game, mm -hmm. and I think that was the most important thing for me. Yeah, you have to learn to become a master at something, you know. I mean, so you learn from the masters, and you mentioned Dawn Staley. We have to bring up, you know, yes. in the game of women's basketball. Dawn is right now. I mean, she is Gino Ariyama. What everybody used to uh, be. Man, Ariyama. I'm so proud of her. Yeah. Because like I never, I never thought that she would coach, but it just makes it makes sense when she retired. And she said that she was going to coach because she was on that Olympic squad when we went to Beijing and she was an assistant coach. And I would see like the greatness in her as an, on the sideline as an assistant. I was like, man, one day she's going to rule the women's basketball game and she's doing it. And I think you have to pass the torch when you think about Gina Armiyama. The next in line is Don Staley. Yeah, absolutely. And South Carolina is there already. And, and it's funny with the game of women's basketball, how much it has grown. Like we said, and you were sort of in, in the forefront of that. And as we look back, we just want to make sure that we you know tip the cap to the icons that made it possible. Yes. Thank you. Yes. I mean, I know my game was unique. Um, and I would say I would say I would give all the credit to Chicago. You know what I mean? Because like playing with boys basketball players, it was one thing. But like being embraced, like as one of the mm -hmm. guys, I would say it was it was kind of cool. Because I knew I would, when I walk I would walk on the court and I didn't have to worry after a while about being next. I was picked first. You know what I'm saying? So like it was a cool experience and. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just, it's just cool to be a part of it. And now the next wave of that is like, you don't even have to have these girls feel like they have to like get approved by the guys because they're like, I'm like Cappy. Like, oh, like, oh, it's like, oh, she's like Cappy. Watch out. Yeah, just like Kobe. Yeah, 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 for sure. sure. So okay, for all of us, the listeners here and, and our audience, tell us what are you doing currently now and what's next? 
I'm, I got my hands in so much, and it took me a while to kind of figure out exactly what I wanted to do after my career. But, you know, like homelessness is a, a, a big thing for me, especially being out in yeah, LA. The, city, in LA. Yep. the effect that we can have on the community, uh, obviously gun violence prevention, being from Chicago and losing a few family members from it. Mm. But my big thing um, that I'm excited to, to do is write a movie. So oh, I'm wow. excited. Yeah, yeah. So really your artistic expression. Ah, uh, man. It's, I mean, we see the gear. <laughs> we see what you have going. Fashion. Yeah. This expression is a part of your artistic thing, right? Bas yeah. Basketball is a part of artistic expression for people that don't realize Oh, yeah. That. Absolutely. Fashion is something I've been doing since the 90s. Like growing up watching the Chicago Bulls. Like you guys gave us hope in the city right. you know when things we didn't have anything positive to look forward to it was basketball that was the only positive thing in our city and you guys shined a bright light on us and it was the only way because you know we didn't know how we was going to make it out of chicago and basketball was that thing it wasn't it wasn't until you guys like shine that light that we was like oh okay and then obviously the culture behind it you got Don C, you got Kanye, you got Virgil, who really put the light on fashion. And, you know, they were, they became people who I looked up to as well. Beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah. I, I, I have nice. to ask, you're a Chicago girl. The music, we are musically inclined here. <laughs> we are. <laughs> we are hip-hop inclined here. <laughs> we are. Give us your, some of the music that you're listening to. What are you listening to right now? Um, right now, probably you know Beyonce, of course. Okay, uh, okay. Right. <laughs> the, the, the queen, the queen, the queen of R and B. Uh, I love, I love Jay Z. I love Nas. Mm. I love Tupac. I love Biggie. But obviously, coming from Chicago, Common was that voice that yeah. that made made sense for all of us. Um, obviously, Kanye She's came. Like, yeah, we need that. I, we need I, love, I love real music. I don't oh, like. Okay. I don't. Today's music is cool for like five minutes, but to really like get deep into, you know, life, it, it's always about the lyricists. It's always about. So did it hurt to see Quavo block Common in the All Star game? Because I know it hurt me. You know, for it, it didn't hurt ball. until I honestly, I just I just played basketball with Quavo probably like three weeks ago, and I didn't you know, know how good yeah. I didn't know how good he was. Yeah, he can play a little bit. He can play, and he's all left hand. So it's like one of those things that's hard for a, a lot of us to guard left handed players. That was always my like nemesis when I was playing, I hated to guard left-handed uh, players. Now we know. Yeah, the southpaw, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, put the secrets uh, out. But yeah, like a Quavo and Common to see them, that they're actually ball players and fans of the sport is, is kind of cool to watch. Well, it connects it all. And like we said, I mean, you're an artist, you just played basketball for a little while, and now we're getting on the next chapter. We're getting into movies, we're scoring yeah. films, we're yep. writing scripts. And Absolutely, it, and, Kobe, be and Kobe, he really gave me that that inspiration. Cause I remember having the last conversation we had, he was like, oh, you got to see Gianni play. And then he was like, you're going to feel so good after retirement. So he kind of gave me like that itch to say like, all right, I'm done. I'm gonna hang up my sneakers. And Kobe Bryant, I mean, he was one of those people, when you leave the game, there's a lot of people that think, oh, well, what's next? And it's almost a daunting thing that happens, but he went to it and embraced it. And he shed a light on something that was you know, before it was a little bit taboo, someone to go win an Oscar so soon after yeah. the game of basketball. I mean, he's he, he's always been special to me. Like, I remember when we first met in 08, like, the guy's over there playing Bouray, but me and Kobe by the piano, he's playing classical Mozart and Beethoven. Like, this is our conversation. That's the most Kobe story. <laughs> right, yeah. That's a great story. Right. No, it's serious. Like, I mean, it was just like his mindset. It was always different. And every conversation that we had was just – it was always embracing our artistic side. And for me, like, if I can win an Oscar and to, to step in his shoes, I, 
if I could be the first female to do it, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm ready to do it. Well, you've always been paving paths, and uh, you'll continue to do so. And we appreciate you coming on, Cappy. And, uh, yeah, uh, good thanks luck with for everything. having me. Now that we know where you're at in LA, we expect you to come back. Yes. Oh, of course, absolutely, anytime. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you. Of course.